two months after uh, Form Spring uh, had started in 2009, they hit 10 million users. Uh, that's faster than Pinterest, which took nine months to hit 11 million. Uh, and they've seen amazing growth since then. They hit 25 million last June. Uh, but, however, the road to uh, that rapid and amazing growth uh, didn't come without a speed bump or two. In 2010, uh, Form Spring was the center of a controversy involving cyberbullying and uh, was uh, criticized by press, parents, and school administrators for opening the door to that. Form Spring's founder and CEO, So uh, to get started, I want to I want to kind of go through like this amazing growth to 10 million users. Kind of what were some of the you know challenges that uh, you guys faced as you guys went viral, and and then what were some of the biggest factors in getting to that 10 million? And kind of like where you guys came from and how you kind of got there. Yeah, so t tons of challenges, and, and I'll tell the brief story, and I'll kind of talk through uh, each of each of the challenges. Uh, so Formstring really started as a side project within uh, is, is this on? Uh, started as a side project within my previous company, uh, which is uh, called Formstack. And Formstack uh, is a set of tools that allows people to create uh, web-based forms, so surveys, order forms, things like that. Uh, and uh, had been going well for they got those submissions via email, and then would take you know the the submissions that they thought were most interesting, copy and paste that into a new blog post, and then respond mm -hmm. to that blog post. And uh, as I kind of watched this happen a little bit, you know, with, with uh, a handful of users, and, and not just with Formstack, but, you know, people were using SurveyMonkey for this mm -hmm. and, like, other things and just thought, this is a really interesting idea uh, and concept that uh, basically they're kind of hacking these tools that aren't meant mm -hmm. to do this as a way to fulfill a need that, that no other really social uh, media platform was doing. And so, you know, had... Uh, a lot of interesting ideas and kind of sat on it for a few months because, you know, mm -hmm. Formstack was, you know, doing well, was profitable, making mm -hmm. money, growing. Uh, and uh, the idea of me as CEO of that company to kind of, you know, distract the team and create this silly little social network was, you know, kind of ludicrous. And so, you know, really waited for uh, a few months before doing anything with, with this idea. And finally, it just got to that point where I was like, well, let me create this little, like, you know, prototype, if you will, and we'll launch it. It'll be this fun thing. And so... Uh, spent, uh, you know, a few weeks kind of building it, you know, on my own kind of secret from everybody else within the company because I didn't want to distract them and uh, took the uh, two days before Thanksgiving uh, in uh, two, 2009, kind of a slow week, short week anyway, and said, uh, and kind of unveiled it to the team and said, hey, this is, this will be a fun, like, team building thing. We'll kind of finish up the, the, the last few things on this product, you know, build uh, kind of a front-end, you know, website to, to, you know, with messaging to market it to people. And we launched it the day before Thanksgiving and thought this is this fun little thing that, you know, a, uh, we'd see, you know, a few hundred or maybe a few thousand people uh, flock to and then, uh, you know, but still, you know, not be kind of the day-to-day -day thing. And so I say that to say, you know, a lot of the challenges, you know, that I faced and that we faced in the first few months really came from the fact that, you know, Part of me was really enamored by the idea and thought there was a lot of opportunity, but didn't expect to see any anywhere close to that that amount of growth. I mean, I I've launched many things before that have flopped, and you know I was lucky to have you know a few dozen people sign up, and so it was like that that had kind of set the the bar of expectation. So um, 
you know, we had, uh, and, and so launched it the day before Thanksgiving and, you know, watched the numbers and saw, you know, uh, 400 people sign up, you know, the first day and thought, like, wow, that's just incredible. Uh, Thanksgiving Day at the dinner table, I'm, like, checking out tweets and looking <laughs> at the numbers and 500 people, I'm like, holy crap, like, people are leaving Thanksgiving to sign up, and then it just kept, kept uh, growing from there, and so uh, very quickly, uh, you know, Thanksgiving Day and the day after, uh, I was frantically, like, spinning up new servers and things like that to handle the, the growth, and um, a lot of scaling issues from a technical perspective uh, happened within the first, you know, uh, definitely the first few months, and there were times when, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Largely for the first uh, month or so, it was just myself working on all the technical mm-hmm. side of it because, you know, again, had a, a company focused on, you know, real customers and all that stuff. And uh, so there were definitely days, there, there were times in the first couple months where the site was just down and, and I, you know, three in the morning and I was like, I just have to take a nap for an hour. And so screw it, it's down. You know, that sort of level of, of dealing with things. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> So, uh, but then there are other challenges too, and you, you know, you mentioned at the beginning in terms of, uh, you know, around cyberbullying, uh, and uh, you know, that was, you know, that was part of it in the sense that, you know, in creating this uh, fun side project, mm-hmm. there were a lot of things around community that, you know, weren't really built into the product to begin mm-hmm. with, uh, and then, you know, even broader than that, I would say uh, one of the, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in a little bit, is we had this meteoric rise in terms of traffic mm-hmm. and. Part of that in the first few months was just that, you know, it was one of those things where, and you see this a lot with, like, you know, whether it's, you know, Pinterest or Draw Something and, you know, things like that where there's this meteoric growth and that itself becomes this phenomenon where everyone's saying, well, you have to check this out because it's growing fast and so that makes it grow even faster. And, and you know, some are able to, to you know, sustain that and, uh, um, you know, few are ever able to, keep that hockey stick growth, you know, uh, uh, at that trajectory or else, you know, they'd have everybody on the planet using the service. And that was the same, same thing with us where, you know, I would look at the numbers and every day it would just amaze me uh, how much higher we were before, but, you know, we'd do, we'd do the math and say, like, this, this is not, <laughs> this just practically cannot, I, you know, I think uh, two months after launch, uh, we would have been, uh, if, if we'd continued at the same rate, um, you know, within three or four months, we would be bigger than Twitter. And I was like, yeah, maybe that can happen, but uh, that's, that's just not going to be the case. And so one of the things that uh, we really suffered from was uh, there were a lot of people checking out the product just to check out the product. They weren't really engaged. Uh, they weren't really, um, uh, you know, maybe they would sign up, but it wasn't really, you know, they weren't coming to it because uh, they were captured by the idea of the product itself. It was just really more like, well... I should check this out because everybody's checking this out. And uh, I would say, you know, very much so, one of the, one of the lessons that I learned, um, you know, very quickly was there's a big difference between, you know, engaged users and, you know, uh, just users and uh, what we've done with the product over the last uh, couple of years especially is try to catch up and build a lot more engaging things within the product itself in order to kind of support that growth. And Oh, no, 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 that kind of brings up a question because, I mean, that's, a, that's a, like something that everyone has to deal with is, is like, how do you engage users? What for yourself and, right. and for FormSpring is the difference between that engaged user and just that user who just checks out the site? 
Yeah, I mean, we look at all sorts of different metrics uh, internally to try to help answer that, and and you know, I think you know, there's there's uh, you know, it falls into kind of you know a couple broad buckets. Uh, uh, the way we look at it, one is just consumers, and the other is creators, and you know. Uh, there are metrics that we can look at on, on either side mm-hmm. to see, okay, how engaged is the user? So, uh, you know, the core mechanics of FormSpring is um, I post a question either to all my followers or to people individually. Uh, they <coughs> receive those in an inbox, and then they go through and pick and choose what questions they want to respond to and, uh, and respond to those and put them, you know, post them to, the, to uh, their followers, and then other people can comment and smile and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And so from a content creator standpoint, we look very much uh, on, you know, how many people are responding uh, to questions, you know, what's the average number of responses uh, that they, you know, uh, that they post per day, and then similar on asks and, you know, smiles and comments and, like, kind of all those, those core things to try to understand, okay, you know, put, put users into those buckets to understand, okay, who are the people who are really participating uh, in the site. And then, you know, I guess it all really just comes down to measuring the difference between somebody who comes to the site once and then mm. never comes back or, you know, may come back once every few months versus the person that's coming every day uh, and trying to, you know, figure out how to balance, you know, those, those two things. Right. And, and, and I was kind of curious as to, and I, you kind of answered it a little bit already, but how do you actually keep users engaged? I mean, how, right. you know, how do you kind of keep them for the long term, because yeah. Q&A sites all have their own different means, but how does Formspring right. go about it? Yeah, so it, I mean, it really, uh, 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 hopefully this doesn't come across as too much of a non-answer, but it really comes down to, you know, building a good core product mm-hmm. and uh, understanding w- what it is that people want uh, in the world and what people want on the internet and, you know, being able to, you know, create that in some fashion. So for FormSpring, really, um, I mentioned you know, some of the origins of the ideas, uh, uh, but it really came down to uh, two, two key concept, concepts for us. Uh, everybody likes to talk about themselves, and actually I was joking about that earlier. Uh, uh, but, uh, I know re- I do. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 you know, not to sound, you know, that's not a bad thing, you know, I, I, you know but uh, necessarily, but we really all are narcissists, and you know, if you study kind of the psychology of, of around how we you know think and communicate, you know, even as we're talking to other people. So I'll, I'll give you a, an example that that's uh, uh, that's always pretty uh, interesting to me. Is uh, I stumbled across this concept called conversational narcissism, mm-hmm. and if you and basically the core of it is, if you uh, if we're talking and you say something like you know. Uh, I'm really, you know, having this problem with, you know, my, you know, my girlfriend and, you know, she did this, this, this. Uh, I may, you know, nod and, you know, my response would be something like, yeah, you know what my girlfriend did the other day too, just like that. And if you see, you know, in that example, I've really switched the conversation to myself and I'm pretending to empathize with you and I may empathize with you a little bit, but like really I'm talking about myself and I want to keep talking about myself. And again, this is, you know, it sounds bad to say we're all narcissists and all that. It's not necessarily evil, but if you study us, uh, if, you, if you really watch how we talk and, you know, just how we think, the reality is we all do like talking about ourselves. We all have an opinion about stuff. We like to share our stories and, you know, our ideas about things, even if we're not subject matter experts about it. Like, I have no platform to really 
sit up here and talk about politics and the, you know uh, anything. But you know, if you ask me a question about politics, like I'd say, oh, blah 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 blah, as if I knew, you know. And that's just how we are. That you ask somebody the right question about something they're interested in, and you know, they'll respond to it. And so that was really the key, you know, psychological concept uh, around form spring. Uh, and the second is we all like to interact with each other, and you know. It's one thing to talk about yourself, you know, uh, in kind of a, you know, a, a room alone. Uh, but, you know, the, the reality is we all like to uh, talk with others and, like, interact with other people. And that's just kind of the core uh, behavior you see around any social platform. So, anyway, all this to say, you know, from a core uh, product aspect, one of the things that, um, you know, I, I think about a lot and we talk a lot, a lot about internally is, you know, what are the um, psychological triggers or behaviors, if you will, that, are, that really are foundational to the product? And are there things that, um, that we kind of build in, into, into it to get people to, uh, to essentially build something that they naturally want to do uh, in, a, in, in a way that they naturally want to express and talk and relate mm-hmm. to other people? Uh, again, that may be a, that's a very broad answer to your question <laughs> in terms of how do you get people uh, to engage, but uh, it really does start there. There are all sorts of things around, you know, like how often do you uh, trigger notifications, you know, and like how do you connect people with other people and things like that, but it really comes down to kind of that core. Are you building something that, you know, meets the needs of, mm-hmm. of people? And, and how, do you, how do you kind of test for that you you mentioned some metrics but right, right. how do you guys actually test that you're actually meeting a need yeah i mean it's both uh, qualitative and, and quantitative so you know we've done uh, all sorts of things you know part of it it, it ranges from just you know uh, us internally and me just saying you know gut like this this makes sense and and uh, there are things that uh, um, you know we work on that you know, we can't really test well until we release it to the wild. And so you kind of have to start with that, uh, you know, part gut, part, you know, uh, uh, you know, history or just educated, you know, a more educated guess. But then we do, you know, uh, and another lesson that um, I definitely learned early on and, you know, we, we've we had to put in practice pretty quickly is just we measure everything pretty much. Mm. And so um, and sometimes, you know, we may we may measure you know too much or it's messy and things like that, but the reality is you know uh, a lot of times you don't know until you ship something and mm. you know we have uh, you know one of the maxims internally is ship daily and part of that is just that you know all the theory and kind of uh, whatever uh, you know that we could come up with the reality is sometimes we put it out there and users are like meh and you know <laughs> uh, you just have to measure that and so you know we look at things like just you know are uh, again both both on you know do people do this particular action do they use this feature you know how often do they use it do they come back and kind of look at kind of the cohorts around users and see you know uh, do they do this you know, daily, weekly, monthly, mm-hmm. et cetera, uh, to really understand you know, what are people getting out of the product? Um, mm-hmm. And then you know, we use all sorts of things as well as around like uh, we have, uh, we've, done, we've sent surveys out to users, we've brought uh, people in uh, to kind of uh, you know, talk about how uh, they use the service. Mm-hmm. You know, we have uh, kind of a user advisory council that we kind of go to sometimes to talk about things. And then a lot of it, as well as just you know, we're all very active on the site, and mm. you know one of the best things about um, 
you know, working on something like FormSpring versus other things I've worked on is, you know, it's really easy to eat your own dog food uh, when it's a social <laughs> network. And, and, you know, I, basically every employee is on it every day and, you know, uh, sometimes a little too much. <laughs> uh, uh, you can, you know, you, 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 see, you see grumbling sometimes when it's like, I'm waiting for this from this guy, but, you know, he's posted like 20 things on FormSpring and it's kind of like, yeah, he's just testing the site, right? Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, so it's, you know, when you're participating in the community and using it a lot too, you know, it's, you, it, there's the advantage to being kind of close to, you know, how people use them. Gotcha. And, and, are, and, and how are you guys still capitalizing on kind of that moment, early momentum and that early growth and that growth as it continues? Have you, have you kind of reached that point where you're trying to level it off? Or are you trying to gain more? Yeah, so, so uh, you know, there have been, you know, as, as you alluded to, many uh, uh, peaks and valleys in the history of FormSpring, and it's been, you know, about two and a half years now since, since we launched. So the, the, the general traffic story on FormSpring has shot up uh, really quickly, uh, early 2010, and then we leveled off uh, for, you know, a number of reasons, and then uh, traffic declined uh, kind of, up and down late 2010 and, and down 2011 to where uh, now we're at a base that's uh, smaller than where we were at our peak. But again, you know, in looking at uh, overall, we're smaller in terms of overall visitors uh, to the site. Uh, but in terms of engagement, I think what we're really left with is, again, that core group of users who are, who are using the site uh, in the way that, you know, and, you know, Using it on a regular basis mm-hmm. versus kind of that like more uh, uh, phenomenon type uh, type engagement, and uh, but we still have a very healthy base, and we've been growing that from mm-hmm. from you know where uh, uh, where we are over the last you know six months or so. Where are you guys at now? So right now, in terms of traffic, we have about twenty million uh, monthly mm-hmm. uniques on the site uh, versus a peak of about uh, forty five uh, mm-hmm. to fifty. Oh, okay. yeah, gotcha. And and kind of. About the kind of uh, focusing on the user, you know, you got your demographic um, when you guys started was mm-hmm. you know teenagers, and it, and FormStream tended to skew to a younger audience. <clears throat> how has that target audience changed, or how is it today right. um, from what it was before? Yeah, it's changed dramatically. So, and and it you know differs too depending on geo, but uh, roughly speaking, uh, especially in the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, when we launched. Uh, we saw about only 25% of uh, new users uh, were over 18 uh, that were joining the site. Uh, and today it's pretty much flipped uh, mm. to where it's more like, uh, I'd say, 65, 35, you know, but, you know, mm. almost flipped around. And so it's, it's really a much older audience, and it's mm. just a different, you know, type of audience uh, that's on the site. Was there a reason for the flip that you guys could tell? Yeah, some of it, you know, some of it was uh, deliberate in terms of things that we've done. Uh, to and and you know, uh, again, going back to, we'll talk a little bit more detail about kind of the the what we faced around bullying and things mm-hmm. like that. But part of uh, you know, as we were kind of struggling with that, part of the reality is, uh, unfortunately, thirteen-year-olds, um, fourteen-year-olds, fifteen-year-olds, uh, you know, in the U.S. Uh, especially just behave poorly on a lot of social media sites. And one of the things that we had to do uh, to really kind of build a solid base was uh, in some ways we're able to kind of help shift behavior and change behavior. Uh, But then in other ways, you know, 
we just had to kind of take away um, a lot of things that you know brought them to the site in the first place, and mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, kind of in subtle ways get rid of that audience. And um, so that that's part of the flip. And 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 we're already kind of, or we're sure. already transitioned into it. So uh, let me ask you know, with the, that younger audience, you know, parents and teachers and even the media came out and, and said FormSpring had the kind of the perfect recipe, right. if you will, for, for cyberbullying. And how did you address that criticism and, and some of the accusations that FormSpring like, was playing a key role in the cyberbullying of, of quite a few teenagers? Yeah, it was it was tough to uh, it was tough to react to and deal with. I think you know cyberbullying is a very complex issue, and and one of the, it's something that um, you know we've spent uh, we, we have and I have you know spent a bunch of time with people who work in that space, the safety space day to day, to try to understand how to combat the problem and you know kind of the scope of the, the ecosystem. The reality for us, so you know, in terms of responding to it, we've we've done. Uh, working with those people, we've done a ton of things in terms of both product changes to help address the issue, to help people uh, give people more controls and settings, report uh, things. Uh, we've built up uh, an enormous, you know, uh, team of support people to, to address that issue. So we have a team in the Philippines that responds to requests, uh, you know, twenty four seven, and we have people in house uh, mm -hmm. to do that and you know to to compare uh, in. Uh, March of uh, 2010, uh, basically, or, or I should say, when we hired, when I hired our first full-time support person, they came to a ticket queue of 10,000 unanswered uh, tickets. <laughs> that was the amount of volume, and and you know, at that time we were a team of five people, oh, wow. uh, and this was around that time that I'm you know taking naps, uh, you know, instead of uh, fixing the site. And so, it, in terms of that scale of dealing with issues, uh, you know dealing with, with issues all across the board and, you know, being able to respond to users in a timely manner and things like that, frankly, we just failed at. And uh, so uh, part of what we've done is just build up the team to be able to address that uh, and respond to that. And um, and then some of it is, is messaging as well. Uh, you know, it, it goes a long way to, you know, uh, set the right tone on the site, set a right tone in terms of, you know, new user experience and, you know, when they do contact support and things like that, that, you know, they, they're just, you know, again, we got a lot of help from people that were in the space. Um, that said, you know, the reality is, again, you know, I think there are a lot of problems with uh, especially young teenagers, um, uh, middle school age uh, on the Internet, and it's, you know, uh, Twitter faces the same issues. Facebook faces the same issues, mm -hmm. and actually, we've, we, you know, we've sat down. Uh, especially, the, you know, the team of Twitter at Twitter has been very helpful. Had been very helpful in kind of getting us up to speed, sharing resources, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, the reality is, you know, all social media sites are facing, you know, those problems in terms of how to deal with it. Mm. One of the things that was interesting about, uh, you know, our situation, not to, uh, um, you know, not to sound like a, a, a victim here, but it was. Uh, it was intriguing because uh, a lot of the press articles you mentioned had never heard about FormSpring before. Mm. And so, and again, we'd only been, you know, two, three months old, uh, you know, at this time. And so uh, a lot of the stories were very slanted towards, like, wait, I'm hearing this mm. report about bullying happening on this platform that I hadn't heard about before. Mm. It must be a platform designed for bullying. And uh, that was kind of the tone in some of the early articles. Mm -hmm. And um, I mentioned that because it was an interesting lesson in terms right. of uh, really understanding how to 
how to talk to the press, how to talk to your audience, to, to uh, make it clear up front in terms of, you know, why are we here? Um, you know, at the time we were hiring our first support person, we didn't even have an about page on the site. You know, we had a home page, but it, you know, there wasn't there wasn't enough literature out there. There wasn't enough. You know, uh, I was busy. You know, building the company, not out speaking about it. And it was a very important lesson that I learned in terms of you know telling the audience uh, up front why are we here, uh, and if they're if people are using the service in a way that you didn't intend uh, to make it clear that. That's you know that's the reality of it. Not that this was built for bullying or otherwise. Did did you find that that changed the way that you guys had to shape your story and communicate that story? For sure, yeah, it did. J- again, because uh, that was the entry point for a lot of people mm-hmm. into hearing about Formspring, mm-hmm. and so uh, that that's much different than you know you hear a story about you know a horrible story about how uh, you know people behave on Facebook, and you're like, well, that. You know, that's tragic, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. But I also know Facebook is a place where I see pictures of my grandkids. Uh, and so, you know, those don't mesh in my mind. But if you're not active, mm-hmm. you know, uh, participant on mm-hmm. Spring, if you don't see, you know, what, you know, what uh, the team is trying to build, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's really easy for that to shape your perspective. Right. And, and in terms of that, how has, and you've already alluded to it, but how has the product, evolved and how do other social networks as you said working with Twitter um, kind of face the uh, face this issue and right Facebook itself is starting to lower its target audience's age yeah 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 so uh, I mean yeah Facebook it's it's interesting kind of the moves they're making into and they're getting some criticism for it that uh, you know already but I think you know I think they'll be able to you know build the right infrastructure and tools to kind of support that um, you know, in terms of, uh, yeah, what, what we've done around the issue is, uh, again, it, it came down to, you know, core product, uh, the team that can respond to issues, working with the right people in the space mm-hmm. to understand, you know, to basically bring everything up to kind of best practices and understanding mm-hmm. how to respond to the issue, both, you know, along that spectrum from mm-hmm. product perspective to, uh, you know, messaging and how we talk to the community and how we work with the community. So did, did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah. And Okay. Yeah, and I kind of wanted a little bit more of like kind of the detail of how you actually talk and communicate this to the community. Yeah. And how do you how do you alleviate parental concern? Yeah, I mean, so uh, in, in talking talking to community comes uh, at a lot of different touch points. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, the first touch point is just within the product itself, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, part of that is. Um, you know, being up front, and some of it's just basic messaging, like on the website and with the product itself, mm-hmm. around you know why Formspring exists and what kind of the the use case of Formspring is, and and hi- highlighting the positive use cases, mm-hmm. um, and you know the positive the the users that you know we like and the users that you know are, are using it the way that we attended, intended and so and showcasing that mm. and some of it is subtle um, but people pick up on those subtleties mm. in ways that um, you may may not think you know otherwise in terms of like what features we build you know what things mm. we make easy to do what things we make hard to do you know mm. and then some of it is and so you know I guess maybe it's best to, to say on kind of two, two ends so there's kind of the positive way where mm-hmm. we're basically rather than uh, uh, um, you know, saying, "Don't do this." We're saying, you know, "Do do this." Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, I guess that's that's part of what I'm saying. And then, 
there is the negative way as well, where you know basically, you know the team that you know we've built or banned people, you know there, you know we've put plenty of you know controls and settings in mm-hmm. place to say if you see this, you know, report this, uh, do you know do react uh, uh, in this way if you see uh, if you see bad content, and so uh, yeah, and so you know, kind of messaging t- touch points within the product, the product that we do create, um, and then just yeah, it, it's uh, you know. Just putting in those levels of right. security right, within right. the product. Yeah. That's very interesting. And, and do you find that you still have any issues now that the product is different and time has passed? Uh, I mean, there, there certainly are still issues mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, I think... Uh, when you have any any social media site where pe- where people are talking to each other, uh, where there's user generated content, there are going to be issues. And so, uh, essentially, it's you know it's understanding that that you know whether you're us or Facebook or Twitter or you know Tumblr or whoever, you're going to have issues. And so you have to react. Uh, you have to understand what infrastructure and you know people and all that to put into place to react to that. Uh, so there's still issues, but it's it's dramatically different. Uh, the tone on the site right. is much different, uh, and again, the user base has shifted in a way that, and the product has shifted in ways that, um, yeah, you can still abuse FormSpring, but uh, it's it's just, it's, you know, maybe much harder, it's just much different, it's, it's not, you know, the community is, is a lot different than it was, you know, two and a half years ago. Right, right. Um, I have uh, just a uh, Couple more questions, and then we'll we'll pitch it to the audience here, sure. so we can get you out of here on time. Um, but one of the things that's that's become quite a, a, not a dilemma, but kind of a, a concern in kind of like the Silicon Valley space is uh, retaining talent. And, and I mm-hmm. hate to mention it, but you uh, Formspring recently lost its COO, yep. uh, Roy Choi, and and I don't know if you can address that, but. My main question is: Is how, like, especially for a site that saw such amazing growth, right. and is still growing? How do you retain talent? Because I know that's a concern of a lot of startups and a lot of uh, entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley. Yeah, I mean, re- retaining talent is hard, and attracting talent is mm-hmm. is, is tough. I mean, uh, it's an amazing time to be doing business. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in the sense that uh, it's kind of, in many ways, the golden age of you know <laughs> of of the web and you know technology, and so what that means is you know there's tons of you know uh, th- there are lots of things to do uh, you know as as an employee uh, and as a founder as well, and so whether that's going to other companies, starting your own thing, you know mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that, and so that creates for a very uh, tough uh, you know dynamic in terms of hiring and retaining. You know, with uh, Ro, who, you know, just you know address briefly is. Uh, Great relationship, uh, you know. The, you know, that was very amicable. He had mm-hmm. been at Formspring for a year, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the reality is kind of the uh, um, you know, he. Uh, I, I feel fine speaking for him that you know he loved the company. I uh, want mm-hmm. to say, but the reality is, you know, in terms of where he wanted his career to head and uh, where you know uh, what we needed internally, uh, it wasn't a perfect match. And so, you know, we talked through that over the course of a uh, month or two, and kind of you know uh, basically, uh, yeah, it ended up with him leaving, but no hard feelings and no regrets right, uh, right. On, on either end. So, you know, that's just the reality of, you know, what ha- what happens from time to time. Uh, in terms of, you know, retention, um, you know, just more broadly, um, you know, I don't I don't have any sort of, uh, you know, secret you know, sauce <laughs> or anything like that. But, you know, I think it, it really comes down to, you know, I think everybody uh, has to ask themselves, um, 
you know, do I believe in what I'm doing here? You know, do I enjoy, um, you know, do I love what I do? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've had, you know, not just at Form Spring, but over, you know, my career, I've had conversations with employees who, you know, we've been open about that, and mm-hmm. they've said, you know, I do or I don't. And, you know, basically as CEO and founder, uh, I always tell all my employees, like, just let's have an open conversation about that. And, you know, there are times when, you know, I can change somebody's role or the, the you know, situation around them to where, you know, can kind of help reignite that passion. Um, and then sometimes, you know, we can't. And, you know, uh, we just have an open conversation about it. And so the reality is, yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes I can move the organization uh, in a way that, uh, fits your passions and, you know, will be aligned. Other times I can't. And, uh, I think it's up to me to, you know, be honest about that and, and not, you know, not be resentful if, uh, you know, and so, yeah. So in terms of the employees that we have, uh, I guess that's, you know, that's, that's what I think about, uh, in terms of retaining them, you know, can I create an environment where they love what they do? And if they don't love what they do, I, you know, just personally, and, and also it's just not good practice, you know, right. from a, you know, as a CEO to want people to be here if they don't love being here. And so, right. uh, I don't know. Right. It's almost as if uh, you have to have them, you have to get them to believe in the things that you right. believe in and yeah. have the same passion for the things you're doing. Yeah. And trying to mesh that with what they want to achieve personally in their careers. Uh, well said. And, and, you know, and, you know, I, we, we tend to have, you know, we may have different goals in the sense that, you know, an employee may be working at FormSpring because they really, uh, you know, uh, it's their first job and, you know, at a startup and they really want to you know, kind of get that under their belt before they go start their own startup. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely people that working at FormSpring and at FormStack and uh, so elsewhere that we've had conversations early on where they're like, I want to be an entrepreneur, but, you know, I want to work here to kind of, you know, both, you know, pay the bills, but also kind of uh, uh, learn a few things uh, before I go out. And, you know, there have been some employees where while they're working there, I talked about, you know, uh, you know, how, you know, we had conversations about, like, how they find co-founders, how they get funding and, you know, things like that until they go do their own thing. And I don't know, I, I would just rather, you know, I would rather... Um, if our goals can align for a short period of time and we yeah. both, you know, the employee gets what they, they want to get out of uh, the job and I get what I w- want to get out of them, yeah. uh, you know, for that short period of time, that's great. Uh, you know, I think difficulty comes when, you know, I want this and they want that. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's just horrible where we're going like this for a prolonged period right. of time because, you know, none of us are happy. And so. right. Well, Thank you very much. I want to open up to audience questions. So who wants to go first? Uh, you raised your hand first. <laughs> the question was, uh, what kind of marketing efforts did FormSpring have to do when it launched? Yeah, so around the launch, uh, there was really no, uh, you know, there was no big promotion around it. So what we did, you know, practically is uh, because, uh, uh, again, uh, what I was saying at the beginning was we're, I was seeing some people use the product itself to kind of, uh, the bloggers to kind of solicit uh, questions from readers. We try to figure out, okay, try to get a list of those people using Formstack uh, in that purpose. The reality is it was pretty hard because, I mean, everybody kind of did their own thing. Uh, so I think we came out with a, a list of about, 
about a thousand people that we sent an email to and said, "Hey, we've launched this, uh, you know, FormSpring.me. Check it out." Um, but you know, uh, that email didn't convert nearly as well or anything like that, and certainly didn't lead to kind of the millions of users. It was really more kind of uh, uh, inherent, you know, viral mar- marketing that was built into the product. And and just briefly. Uh, the core way that we uh, found virality within the product is basically, uh, again, people are going there to kind of answer questions and their questions about themselves. And so they're very naturally inclined to take their profile and share that with other people. And so you'd see people post on Twitter, post on Facebook, YouTube, wherever, and basically say, I created a form spring, come ask me questions. Uh, and it was something where, um, again, back, kind of back to that, the psychology um, it, it was a viral mechanic that users wanted. It wasn't like, you know, uh, check this, you know, share to Twitter and, you know, we're trying to, like, trick them into, you know, sending uh, content to other social networks. It was like, you know, literally it came from, you know, people would use our built-in tools or they'd just copy and paste, they'd, you know, send emails, they'd talk to people. And so it was just this inherent thing where, like, you, don't, you didn't get that much out of the service, uh, Unless you got questions, so you're very, you know, as a user, you're very wired to say, "I'm going to share this as much as possible, so I get more questions." Uh, and then that basically was just a very powerful viral channel. Um, so it's kind of built in the product itself. You had a question. The question was, uh, "Can you give us uh, some specific examples of the marketing efforts FormSpring did?" Yeah, I mean, most the vast vast majority of you know the the success we've had in terms of getting users has come from you know built into the product itself. Now, that's not to say there haven't been other marketing efforts you know um, uh, you know to, to date. And so we've we've uh, tested a bunch of different things. From we've worked with uh, uh, some celebrities and notable users to bring them onto the site and help promote them and. Uh, you know, try to get their fan base onto the site, um, and that's worked to varying successes. You know, we've done things like, um, you know, tried to do some sponsorships around, like, you know, event and things like that. Uh, but you know, the reality is the core of it, and you know, really what we're focused on today is the product itself and communication to users. So you know, are using e- email as a channel to both, you know reactivate and, you know, message to users uh, using, you know, our blog, using the FormSpring account on FormSpring itself, using Twitter and uh, things like that as well. The question was, um, you've had an interest in psychology. Did you do any additional psychology research into the motivations of users? Yeah, I I mean, I've... I would hate to call it research in the sense that, like, that's probably an insult to real, like, uh, you know, but I, I don't know. I've, I've uh, you know, just personally, you know, you know, love reading about, you know, things around psychology and, you know, whether that's, you know, books or articles, things like that. And it's always been a fascination to me. But, uh, yeah, it's not like, you know, I didn't study psych. I mean, I had one psych class and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I loved it. But, you know, it's not anything where, like, I, you know, I wouldn't hold water against, you know, any, like, psych major, much less a PhD or, you know, anything like that. So, but, yeah, it's just, I, you know, I think it's really more of a, uh, again, this broad, and again, it's it's you know, it it feels 
kind of just basic and simple to say is that you know anybody that's building a product you have to really ask yourself is you know people don't use products just because they're cool like so you know one of the one of the problems within our industry is you know you see you know things being talked about a lot that are like cool and sexy but really don't have any like mm-hmm. core um, they're just cool for cool sake and they show off you know technology um, you really have to ask yourself is you know what you know would my mom use this? And like, why? You know, why? And you know, it's just kind of that inherent understanding. You know, the person on the other end of the computer screen. And there's a gentleman there. Uh, two-part question. First of all, you know, you've described the ups and downs of the company, but what is your vision for getting to 50 million users? Uh, the second part was, could you uh, describe a little bit about the dilemma? in either building internally or going out to get some ready-made products, particularly as the company scales? Yeah, so in terms of the the first question, uh, the vision for FormSpring is really uh, basically, you know, I, I, I think there is a lot of room in, in the social space in terms of facilitating conversations uh, between people about just things they're interested in. And, um, you know, I think FormSpring can be that platform. I think, you know, to, to say that... Uh, you have Facebook and Twitter and uh, everything that's out there today has perfectly solved the way that humans interact and will always interact, you know, will interact for the next, you know, 50, 100 years uh, is just, you know, ludicrous to me in the sense that I think those all have a good place, uh, you know, in the world. But the reality is that we're complex people with complex relationships. There's no one social graph in terms of, you know, these are the people that I interact with and I interact with them equally. Uh, you know, these are the types of interactions that I, I always have with people. And so online, you know, it, uh, it'll just be perfectly one, this one niche. And I think for FormSpring, really it comes down to what, what we've really found a lot of success in recently and I, what I think will uh, propel us to, you know, the next 20 million uh, is really uh, that <coughs> capitalizing on bringing people together to have con- conversations around their interests. Um, to the second question, uh, really, we've. Can you see that? I mean, is, is that validated? I mean, do you see growth from twenty? I mean. Oh yeah, for f- for sure. Yeah, and and you know, uh, just you know, uh, yeah, just briefly. I mean, basically, the the we've made a lot of shifts in the product over the last you know six months, and actually on the verge of a uh, a much bigger release uh, in the next few weeks. Um, and all that has come from basically studying the user base and finding like. Ways that people are, you know, in some ways, uh, it's funny, it's similar to how seeing people use Formstack uh, leading to, to how you know, I created Formspring is that people were using Formspring to do what I'm saying, even though the product hadn't been built for that. Formspring originally was really more focused around uh, friend-to-friend interactions, and basically people were kind of pulling in their social graph from Facebook and interacting on Formspring in just a different way than they were interacting on, on Facebook. But, you know, I don't think that was sustainable. I don't, you know, I think, you know, that had a lot of inherent problems to it. And really what we've seen is, like, you know, people using Formspring in a way that um, many people used uh, kind of bulletin boards and, you know, message boards of old, which are all kind of, you know, uh, and, and that, that, you know, behavior and conversation is, is, you know, shifting to other places, but I think we have a product that um, it's where, where, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, the last episode of Mad Men to you want to talk about, you know, uh, uh, you know, a passion around a band or a musician, uh, um, 
some of that conversation happens within your social graph, but then part of it is you just want to see what other people say, and you also want to voice your opinions. Like, and again, back to that, everybody likes to talk about themselves. If you've watched, if you uh, watch Mad Men, and I ask you, know, what do you think about, you know, uh, you know, Pete Campbell? Everybody, everybody here will have some something to say to that, and that's just we're, we're wired to to want to respond that way. Uh, to to the second question. Really, we've built everything that's kind of core to the product uh, in-house. Uh, we haven't outsourced any of the product development itself. The only things we've outsourced, I mean, we outsource uh, things that are non-core, like you know, legal, finance, uh, you know, HR, stuff like that. And then uh, from a technology standpoint, uh, AWS, uh, Amazon Web Services, is powering all you know, our infrastructure because um, uh, it just makes sense to in a lot of ways, both financial and, and otherwise. I mean, everything product has been uh, in-house. Very good. Uh, one last question, and then we'll wrap up. The question was, do you equate uh, the social media uh, space with the search engine space, particularly in how certain search engines are no longer used? And do you believe that there will be a consolidation of social media in the future? Um, it could. I, I haven't thought about the parallels between the social graph and search engine behavior uh, before, but you know, the first my first reaction to that is my my uh, beliefs about the social graph really come from just um, the social graph is is built on how we interact just normally as people and 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 how we how we interact offline. Uh, has to be analogous to how we interact online in a lot of ways in terms of who we want to talk to, how we talk, etc. Search doesn't really have the same offline uh, analogies uh, in that way. I mean, again, I haven't thought about the, those two uh, together. Maybe. I mean, you uh, you browse for things at the mall where you know you may like go to the hardware store to buy you know, a particular thing, and if you call kind of those things search. Those are different. Um, but when it comes to the social graph, again, it's like, I mean, I don't think anybody in here uh, would look at the list of Facebook friends and say, yes, I want to interact and talk with all these people equally. This is a representation of, this is a good representation of who I socialize with, who, you know, if, if you had to cut off all offline uh, communication and interaction and only use Facebook, uh, would that work? Definitely not, because it's it's a bad analogy for some interactions. For other interactions, perfect. And social graph on Facebook is extremely powerful uh, for in a, in a lot of ways. But um, I I just I don't believe that you know that's it. That a hundred years from now, like that will that's the only. I don't believe that's a, the only graph today in terms of our graph in our head uh, and uh, and the right model for how. We very good. Well, thank you very much, Ade, for coming down to the show. So long. Thank you.